So everyone, welcome to the P2 Podcast. It is the first one hosted by yours truly, Coach Chris here. And today I have Katie and Jamie. Um, they are going to tell us a bit about just their journey, their relationship, what they do, um, the impact they have on the community. And I'm going to sit back and just enjoy the show with the rest of you. So thanks for tuning in. Everyone, welcome Katie and Jamie. You guys can go ahead and say hello and uh, tell us a bit about who you are. Hey, everybody. I'm Katie Filer. I am Jamie Filer, and together we own Filer Fitness. We are online health and wellness coaches, but our emphasis is kind of on my, not kind of on mindset. Our emphasis is on mindset. I would say 60 to 70% of the conversations we have and the clients we onboard are all people who are struggling with their mental health, and we see movement and nutrition as a way to help to help them improve their lives. I was about to say heal, but we can't use that word. So we're just going to say improve their lives. Yeah. We essentially help integrate mental and physical health because we believe that with a healthy body comes a healthy mind and you cannot have one without the other. Yeah. 100%. No, I mean, that's that's awesome. Sorry, Katie. Did you add? No, I was going to say that's our perfect elevator pitch. There it is. <laughs> it's a beautiful elevator pitch. I know. I love it. I um. I think that's it's huge. I know for for me and the other coaches, we all have our own ideologies and approaches, right? So being a former athlete, also formerly working in medicine. So I was a medical sales rep before I was in here. So I was spending a lot of time in ORs and also just like sports rehab facilities and things like that as a pre-PT student. So you see how much the mental and emotional state of a person really affects like what they can do physically. Um, I've seen very miserable, in-shape people with broken bodies. And I've seen people make miraculous progress when their mindset, well, mindset, mindset shifted, um, you know, towards that more just positive outlook, feeling better about themselves and where they were going. So um, you mentioned a word like heal. And I thought I was kind of curious. Um, I think I know what you, where you were going with it when you said you said you can't say heal. Um, I think it's healing. And obviously, like, you know, people will say whatever you can, can't say. Um, but let's talk about, like, I guess what kind of things you see in the shifts in your clients like what are the major things people are coming to you with where what are the major demographics where um are the major obstacles that you're normally finding for a lot of people that come to you well to go back just slightly i'm um i'm i'm currently doing a deep dive in my education focusing on metabolism and hormones specifically women's health um and so because of that education that i'm working on I've taken on um, more clients who are coming to us with lifestyle challenges. So a lot of this is a lot of what we do, all of our coaches on our team, we have two assistant coaches under us. All of us focus heavily first on lifestyle shifts and habit, habit implementation. Um, because if we just, you know, anybody can go online and grab a, a personal training kind of flow. Anyone can grab a split that they can go follow. But it's really the implementation of changing your day-to-day that's going to bring those overall healthy changes. So I think that's where our focus starts. 100%. So in terms of the type of people that come to us, these aren't competitors. Uh, They might be, which is awesome. Um, Some of them are competitive athletes in general. So Olympic weightlifter here and there, CrossFit competitor here and there. But it's mostly women who are struggling with anxiety, depression, PTSD, lack of self-confidence, insecurities, 
very low self-worth and self-esteem. And they believe that by losing 20 pounds, right, they're going to get that all back. So, or they don't even know that they're struggling with those things. They just want to lose uh, 20 pounds. But by getting 10,000 steps, they've started to, you know, increase their natural dopamine, their their natural euphoria. Uh, So they end up elevating everything about their mental health. But it is mostly people who are struggling with something outside of just those 20 pounds. Right. And the thing with that uh, as well is that we get a lot of women coming to us who are overtraining. They think that doing six days of cardio, eating 1500 calories is what's going to get them to lose the 20 pounds and increase their confidence and their self-worth, which we know is not how it works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're definitely the coaches who usually end up having to put brakes on the people that come to us rather than being the accelerator coaches saying, hey, you're not doing enough. Here are some protocols. We're like, hey, you're doing way too much, supplementing way too hard, eating way too little. Let's pump the brakes, pull it back, deload you, feed you up and get you, you know, again, 10,000 steps instead of an hour a day on the elliptical or the Stairmaster. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, Bryce and I talk about this all the time. I would much rather have that client that you have to pull back, right? Those cli- the other clients that don't really know that grit, yeah, they don't know that grind. That's a different kind of journey. It's a different battle. But like you said, there's such a heavy proliferation of so much media out there that everyone just thinks more, 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 and more will get them to where they want to go. Um, and so having to dial someone back, I think, is the marking of a true, mature, and caring coach, right? I think that's the biggest difference between coach and personal trainer. My personal trainer sees you when you come into the gym, but what happens outside of the gym? And I think that's where the coaching really happens. Um, and I think not enough people talk about that. Like I posted today about the app and the first comment I got was, Hey, I've been doing two hours in the gym a day. Do you think that's enough? Is that too much for trying to lose weight? And I'm just like, where did this arbitrary two hours in the gym come from this random frequency? Like, how did you land here? Like, where did you follow? Who said this? What said what? Um, it's just very interesting how the the uh, the titration of that media comes down and then how it's received by people. And it usually just ends up like, well, I just need to do more. Right. And then eventually you find someone like you guys who cares. Um, and it's like, hey, like there's a better, healthier, more sustainable way to get to where you want to go. Yeah. I'll add, Chris, um, another thing we've seen in our coaching is that the people who are spending two hours in the gym aren't only doing it to lose the weight or put on the muscle, right? It's not like they went to the Arnold Encyclopedia and realized they should be doing two-a-days. A lot of them do it to escape the reality of their lives. They do it. And just today, I got a check-in from a client and I said, I don't It says here that you train six out of seven days, but your protocol is only four. What were you doing? Mm -hmm. And she said, I had anxiety and I didn't know what else to do. So they literally run away from the anxiety, from the PTSD. And the only way they know how to uh, mitigate Mm -hmm. that stress or that anxiety is by lifting it away, right? Like we've all seen, you know, the iron is therapy. Okay, but to an extent, mm-hmm. therapy is therapy also. Yep. Right? Journaling is therapy. Guided meditation is therapy. 
Um, so again, one of the reasons we have to pull back is to teach people that the gym should be a place that is fun yes. and that is invigorating. You don't only use it to get the anger and the stress and the sadness and the shit of your relationship out with a barbell. Yep. You want to enjoy the gym, not use it as therapy. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, the, um, oh, this is my therapy, right? This is my escape. And it's like, well, be careful because people use the word escape by a lot of, behind a lot of things. And not all of them are universally deemed morally bad, right? Like drugs. It's my escape, right? Festivals, gym, sports. Um, sometimes it's social, right? Going out with your friends. It's an escape from the fact that you don't want to sit at home with yourself. You know, bouncing from relationship to relationship means you cannot be alone. You cannot sit there at the house alone with just you. Um, you know, I think that there, it's an interesting thing. Like I obviously love animals, you know, I've had pets. Um, you know, I can't wait to get my next dog, but I had to wonder like for a while when I was out, I'm like, do I want a dog? Cause I'm just really fucking lonely or do I want a dog? Cause I want a dog. And it's okay if it's both, but if, I, if I'm also really lonely, if I'm also in a place where I'm just kind of stuck, you know, that's something to address, right? Because the dog fills a void for a period of time until something or someone else fills that void for a period of time. And eventually that void will be empty again. And what happens when it's empty again? Um, and, you know, kind of like getting down to the root, to the crux of the issue um, is what good coaches do. I think that kind of leads us to my next question is like, these are big obstacles, right? Like I know for me, like Bryce and I work with the majority of women, the majority of our clients are women. Um, and it's interesting, obviously being a male, and there are things as a man that I will never be able to quite understand, right? I'll never, I, I have four sisters, I got two moms, plenty of cousins, like plenty of female energy in my life that raised me, that just kind of like orbits me. Um, but as much as I try to understand whether it's reading books like Come As You Are and Attachment and things, I can immerse myself as much as possible. I'll never be able to be a woman that is put into a world with these weird social ideologies of beauty and what a woman should be like and is strong this, is beauty that, et cetera. So how do you find yourselves? I mean, obviously each individual journey is going to have its unique challenges, but you know, what are your like cornerstones? Where are the places that you're like, you know what, we really like lay our hat on this. This is where we like to start. This is how we like to kind of instill these positive personal habits. No, you can go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think it really what it comes down to is what will make you most confident? You know, we've had clients who will start weight training with us and then three months in, they cut off the ponytail and they've got short hair like me. And to them, that is femininity. Or to others, you know, they get a taste of what it feels like to have delts and they build and build and build. And to them, that is femininity. Really what it comes down to is, again, when we onboard our clients and we ask them why, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Well, so that, I don't know, I fit into my clothes. Okay, how come, why is that important to you, right? Like a toddler, we call it the seven layers of why. There is a rock bottom reason that you've hired me and I swear it is not losing 20 pounds. It is because, as you said, Chris, you might be lonely and that stems from maybe a mommy or daddy issue, an abandonment issue, a trust issue, but you've put your trust in us to help build you up from the ground up. So what we do is we figure out what you're actually looking for, what it is at the end of the day that will make you confident. Is it stepping into a gender identity you never even explored before? Is it just getting bigger shoulders? 
Is it going out on a first date because you benched your body weight and you feel like a boss, right? So what is it about you? So the cornerstone is nothing to do with our training or nutrition. It's asking the right questions to our clients to get to the bottom of the reason that they hired us and that they want to see change. A lot of that also goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that self-analyzing and that reflection period. Mm-hmm. So we push our clients to really dig deep in themselves into why they want what they think they want. Um, I work with a lot of moms and a lot of them, their confidence and their come to moment when mm-hmm. working with me is when they can actually step away from title mom. They can step out of that and they can say, wait, I'm a person too. And that's a really beautiful moment to watch because for so long, however many years they've, you know, gone through the pregnancy, had the kids, raised these children, and they've only been mom and or wife. But when they can step into another identity and find who they are on their own, that's another moment that's just freaking beautiful to watch. And it's all about that confidence. And they always come back and say, I have more time for my family now. Yep. It's huge. I um, have a really, really good friend. Um, She's a coach for BA. Her name's Paige. Um, she won't mind me telling the story. It's actually, it's a really, really inspiring one. Um, and I was happy to be a part of it. Um, and I, you guys probably know, I'm mean, Paige, just the energy matches. So if you guys know Paige, it makes sense. Um, and so Paige, Paige is a homie. She and I are from the same hometown. Um, she still lives there. And occasionally when I go back, I see her and stuff, but, uh, we were out in Arizona and after the, the trip, you know, she just like was so happy to be back home, but there was a part of her that like mourned the version of herself she got to be when she was in Arizona, you know, away from, you know, her second newborn and just kind of doing her own thing. Um, and she didn't like the divide. She didn't like the fact that she felt different, that she didn't just take an extension of herself to Arizona, but that she kind of felt like someone othered, right? Something other than what she normally is. And so we're in this group chat and we're just going back and forth. And I'm like, I don't want a Dr. Phil yet, right? But there's a question I've heard. And I guess as a person with a lot of females around him that raised him, whether it's my grandmother, my aunts or my mom, um, who are you? Like, who are you when you're not mom, when you're not coach and when you're not wife? Like, what's that? You know, like you, you had the things that were yours and you keep a little bit of them tandem, but a lot of the titles you wear are normally under those three umbrellas. Right. And I said, it sounds corny. I said, but I feel like there's one thing there to like, ask yourself, but there's really something there to kind of talk about. Um, and she's like, and you could see as I was getting towards that question, she knew I was like broaching for it. I was pushing for it. And she almost felt like there was a disservice to her family and the, the love she has for wearing those hats, um, by asking herself, like, what am I besides those things? There's like, I'm so proud to be those things. I said, right. But you can be proud to be other things too. Like, you know, and I think about it from my point of view, you know, as a person who was raised mostly by his grandmother and then his mom. I think my grandmother knew very much who she was and who she wanted to be. She also had a lot more life on my mom. My mom had age and she was 17 years old. So there's not a huge age gap between us. Um, but my mom is a hard fucking worker, like just works really, really hard. And every single day she just showed up exceptionally, but as a provider, as a caregiver. And some days she was just tired. She just run down. And I thought to myself, like, what if she had just like gone on that girl's trip? What if she had just like gone on those vacations or done the things that made her happy? What if she never dropped modeling instead of, you know, going into the postal service or what? What if she kept the things that really filled her cup and like made her feel like she was working towards the things for her? How would she have shown up differently in those moments when she was really run down or she was really tired if she had those opportunities to go and refill her cup? And it sounds like 
that's what you're urging people to find and, and kind of reclaim. At, at the right time, because right. as as you and Paige experienced, if you ask that question prematurely, you're going to break their brain. You might break their heart. You might break a boundary with yourself as a coach, right? Some people, you know, when to broach the subject, obviously you and Paige were homies. It came, the question came at the right time. But if you ask that question too early to a client who again is 45, 52, has only ever identified uh, with the pronoun mom, it's not, they're not ready for it. They're just not there yet. So it definitely, uh, there's a time and a place for that question, but it's really something we should all ask ourselves at one point, especially as coaches, yes. because we're, when you feel like the only people who are in coaching are people who feel like this is a calling, not a career. So it's so many times I, I try to take off the coach hat, but it's like pulling my own hair mm -hmm. because it's literally an extension of me. I cannot take it off their own um, so I understand how difficult that would be to do it when it's a tiny human that came out of you and you're like, you know, it's okay to leave them for a bit to go train. And they're like, right. you know, it's okay not to respond to your clients within 24 hours, Jamie. And I'm like, you're so silly. That's not okay. It's not the same thing. No, no, a hundred percent. I love that. Um, I think, uh, before we leave this topic, I want to make sure I let Katie also speak as well. I want to pause there for a second. No, we're good. Okay, cool. Um, I had one question too, and then I have two questions, like I said, but the next question I kind of had for you guys beyond just obviously getting to see how you do what you do, um, is who you primarily work with. I know Katie mentioned a lot of moms. Um, I know also just from my own past experience, right? So obviously it's pride month. I've played on a ton of just LGBTQIA. Did I do it right? I think I did. Um, <laughs> I always trip over the words like LMNOP. Like I just say it too fast and I just like yeah. mess it all up. And so, um, but I've played in like kickball leagues and dodgeball leagues and just like really got to immerse myself in the community and meet a lot of really, really awesome people. And I always get asked the same question. It's just like, hey, like I want to get into this. And I want to get into that. And I've sat and had extensive conversations with men and women on couches and it's it's interesting because as i get more and more familiar to them they open a bit more up to me about the insecurities they have about getting into the community i have a buddy named gino um who will consistently kind of do like the yo-yo game right we talk about it and it's like all right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like eventually you kind of like oh, well you know we are um and i think it's interesting because you know, as a minority myself in a different way, we all have our own insecurities about certain things. Like I know what people think a six foot one black man with tattoos is supposed to do. And while I can do a lot of those things, I would be lying if there are certain times where I'm like, when I feel like I can't, I'm like, fuck, dude, like, hold on. Like, you know, I, I can't, I can't look like a scrub out here on the football field. Like I can't like, so there are those things. Right. And I would be curious to know just how obviously being a part of the community and being a very, very upstanding and outspoken part of the community and being an empowering is like inspiration to a lot of people, right? I, I watch you guys and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Not only their relationship, but who they're talking to and how they speak. Um, it's just one of those things that's really gravitating. And I myself have said, like, there are a lot of people that I want to be able to help, but you don't want to overstep. You don't want to sit there and say, hey, like, I feel like I kind of see where you're struggling here and I want to be able to help. And so I think it's a very interesting dynamic just with having another like subgroup in, hey, like you're not just a guy or a woman who's out of shape, 
but you're a person who's relatively marginalized in some areas. How do you go in, feel comfortable, feel confident and continue to push forward, whether it's a public gym, private gym? How do you start your story, you know? How do we or how do we with our clients? With our clients. Sorry, with the clients in yeah. as far as in the in the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. So the majority of our clients are part of our LGBTQ community. So I think just showing up, like you said, on social media, authentically raw, vulnerable, who we are, brings that type of client in, which we love because, as you said, it is something that we can understand on a much deeper level. Um, I recently had a client chat and and uh, a client call where they were nervous to show up as a trans man in the gym because exactly like you said, all of the social norms, all of the things that he, all of the armor he has to wake up and put on just for himself to show up in this world, yeah. we get that. We, we understand on a deeper level. So starting to work with these clients, again, on their confidence, on their lifestyle habits, on their anxiety strategies, on their stress management strategies is really where it starts. And that's Jamie's like, like it's what she does. So she works directly with those clients who have the anxiety, the depression, the mental health challenges. I don't really, of course, I mean, the empathy is, is right up here. I totally get it, but I also have to take a step back. And just as I, I don't want to put myself in anyone else's shoes. I don't ever want to say, I understand what you're going through, right? Like when I was 19, I lost my dad. That doesn't mean I understand anyone else's grief about losing their father. And I hope that no one believes they understand mine because we're not the same. So just because we both wear that acronym doesn't mean I, so it's about listening. First and foremost, let me hear your experience. Let me say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through that. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that we are not certified, qualified, licensed therapists. So when a client comes to me, as he did today, and said, Jamie, I binge ate on Saturday because I am a trans man living in Iowa. I said, I don't, I don't care. You could have said, I am a straight white male living in South Carolina and I binge ate. We have to deal with the issue locally and individually before you try to fix the world globally. Right. It's it's no right. We had so many clients who overate during the pandemic because it was such a stressful time. Mm -hmm. You you had your real estate right at any given time, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the state of transgender affairs in Iowa, Florida politics, Florida politics or like your cousin getting married next week. All you can control is this real estate directly in front of you. So. It almost doesn't matter that I am a queer coach. It matters that I can talk to you like an individual and say, hey, can we just like have more vegetables? Yep. Or when you feel the urge to binge eat, can we go outside? Can we change our environment? Can we start a mood food journal? Yeah. Right. So I guess I love that I can wear the hat and and wear my pride flag proudly, but it's it doesn't have a lot to do with my coaching other than bringing people in the door. 100%. No, I think that um, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about trauma, right? And the, compar the comparison that we try to do when we want to show empathy and compassion, you know, I will explain some story or a feeling that I have as uh, as a black man and someone 
and attempts to try to show me that they are grasping at the concept of what I'm going through will go, yeah, you know, kind of as like a woman I feel, or kind of as a person working in this space I feel. And I'm like, it's always the same. It's the same inflection of the same word. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's that weird, awkward, like, I don't want to like shut your shit down, but like, no, like you could have just said like, wow, that sucks. Like that you're right. experiencing that and you're going through that. Because like you said, like where you could be a black guy and still not completely understand my experience through my eyes because we're not the same. Um, the relatability is important. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say exactly that. There's that balance of sharing that relatable experience that may be similar without upstaging, without one upping, without saying, oh yeah, your trauma will listen to my trauma, right? So it's it's all about being that coach who's active listening, reflection, re- reflecting on what you're saying, affirming what you're saying, and understanding that your experience is yours alone. We also have to remember that if I were just, you know, commiserate with this individual about the state of, of trans men in Iowa, we'd both be sitting in a well. And that does nobody any good. I have to make sure that at any given time, whether it's, again, a client just lost their father or a client, you know, just immigrated to the U.S. from another country and is dealing with all that crap or an eating disorder or literally any of the things I could empathize with. I cannot sit with them in the well. I have to sit on top of the well and say, hey, is now a good time for me to throw you a lifeline? No. Cool. I'm going to try again tomorrow and then just keep coming back every day saying is now a good time for me to help. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, um, I relate that a lot to the idea when I work with my clients, I'll talk to them about just like the idea of showing up, right? I think that the big thing when you have someone checks in, they're like, I'm so sorry this week. Da, 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 da. And I always take that apology and flip it. I say, Hey, Hey, hey you don't owe me a single thing. This I'm here for you. Kind of to your, your well analogy. I'm just going to keep showing up to this. Well, Every single Tuesday, how are we doing? How are we doing? How are we doing? Are we getting a little higher? Or what, what are we ready for, right? You don't have to apologize for still being there, right? You still being there is you in a place that you need to be for the moment, right? It's not doing anything to me. My job is to continue to show up for you. So the day that you say, hey, listen, I could really use that rope. I'm like, all right, sweet. I brought it with me, right? You know, that that's, that to me is is what we do as coaches Um, and doing it another way somehow. I mean, I'm sure other people have other ways. But like you said, the idea of just showing up, people don't need you to be with them. They don't need you to completely understand them. I once heard someone say like, hey, like, I don't completely get that. I'm like, you don't have to get it. Just know that it's my human experience. I'm like, that shit right there, like, that's dope. Like, that's literally what it is. So like, you have your human experience and just know that I'm going to be here. Um, That's that's why that we agreed upon when we decided to work together. And to me, that part of it's awesome. Yeah. Um, last question. Um, and then I'll kind of let you guys rattle off and we can kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about before we close out um was obviously just your relationship i think it's awesome you know i think that you run this really really cool business you are pillars of a community both socially and i'm sure also in your community as well physically um but really busy like really really busy and you know i've been a part of a relationship where i was really busy and she was really busy and actually two relationships where i was in medical sales and then i was starting a business and i watched them fall apart you know and for a multitude of reasons uh but you know bryce and i talk about that balance between like having this baby that is work and immersing yourself into it because you want to do all these really cool things. And the irony of it is, is you want to do these really cool things so you can do really cool things with your people, including your person. Um, 
so how do you guys balance that? How do you guys balance? Because I, I see all the posts and it's almost like, you know, I, I see Katie's posts probably most often. Um, actually, Jamie, you know what? I'm going to follow you before I get off of here because I will forget. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is about like, hey, here's how we model our relationship. Here's how we make sure we continue to love each other. You know, when we do get busy, when things just get kind of hectic, when the world is kind of crazy outside, like how we remind each other like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. So it's kind of a trick question that you set us up for. But the truth is we don't balance. We integrate. So we run an, an online training business together um, full-time since officially February this year. Um, and we work from home together in a 1,500 square foot space, doing videos, sending looms, client check-ins, programming, all of that fun stuff. And there is no true balance of us working together, us living together, us being wives, us um, competing together, uh, finding that balance, it's not really possible because we go 100%. We are all in on what we are doing at that moment. And we don't think that you can kind of figure out how to do all at the same time. So it's all about integrating. And, and that's really how we make it work. Yeah. I, I mean, I shoot, I forgot the book. I will find it before before we get off because it was so profound. And it was like the 10 wisest rules for becoming wealthy. It was written forever ago. But they said one of the rules was whatever you do, don't bring your work home and don't bring your home into work because even one drop of food coloring colors an entire lake. Okay. And I thought that was brilliant. So it's 100% what Katie said. If we're working at 8 p.m., then we're both working at 8 p.m. And that's it. And then as of 9 p.m., we're wives and both of our phones are face down. Or if we decide Wednesday night is going to be date night, there will be no answering of DMs or emails officially as of Wednesday, because if you do, it's officially not a date night anymore. So we talked about this a little bit. It's similar to going all in at the gym, right? You don't go 70% uh, for eight to 12 weeks at a time. You go 100% for four to five, and then your coach gives you a deload week. There is no expectation for you to be moderate in the gym. There is an expectation that you go balls out for as long as you can, knowing that the respite will come, knowing that you're going to go on vacation and your coach is going to say, just have some fun, enjoy food, right? Memories over macros. Yes. So Katie and I go balls in to our business to have that part, but then we go equally as hard on our date nights, on our vacations, on that kind of thing. No, I love that. I love that. Um, the idea of integration, I think, is super, super important. Um, I've never looked at it in the way, I guess, framed it in the way with the relationship, but it makes a lot of sense, right? The idea that, like, you know, a lot of coaches fall out of love with fitness, you know, their own fitness, at least, and learning how to integrate it into their business and not just be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what to do. I don't want to abide by these things anymore because I'm burnt out. Um, but finding ways to make sure that you don't lose the love for one or you don't find this balancing game, right? It's instead, you just integrate it. And I like the way that you put that. Um, yeah. I also like the irony, the ironic pause that, oh, we go pause in and then you just stop and pause and laugh. Like, oh, that's pretty, it's like, I catch. Um, but, uh, but no, no, I actually, I love that a lot. And I'm sure that'll be a message that a lot of people, we coach a lot of couples, we coach a lot of moms, a lot of dads um, who've talked to each other about like, hey, what, this is what I do. And then we end up interviewing or working with one of the others. Um, and so I think that is definitely one of those messages that I'll probably have been cut away and we want to get out there because I think that's super awesome and people need to hear that. 
just to add quickly, because especially too, if we're speaking to an audience of couples who do things together, of coaches and client relationship, even um, if other coaches and clients are listening, it's about the communication. It's about raw, brutal, brutal honesty. So for example, when we are on our phones at 730 at night, I'm done with work. I look over at her. I said, hey, can that be your last email? We can put our phones away. And I just straight up say, it's time, right? And so that raw honesty, whether you are um, in a relationship with someone and you're competing together, or you're in a relationship with someone and you are trying to run a business together, or if it's a coach and a client, you have to have that raw, like just thorough honesty and communication to make sure that your boundaries are heard, they are understood, and that when you follow up and you and you stick to your boundaries, that's respected on the other end and vice versa, of course. So, you know, if if there's a night where she's like, hey, it's got to be a late night for me, I respect that. And it's okay. I busy myself with other things. Um, but it's that it's that communication between the two that really allows that integration to flow and and to be possible. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's hard to hold someone accountable for something that they don't know. So being able right. to, yeah. you know, speak to how you feel in a respectful way, but in a way that is heard, right? You're not sugarcoating it going, hey, you know, if you want to get off, it's like, hey, like, let's wrap it up, you know, like, if that's cool with you, let's go ahead. And, and I think that's awesome. So thank you very much for sharing your experience, sharing a bit about you guys today. This, is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I will leave the last five minutes to you guys if you guys have any sort of like sign-offs messages where to follow um cool things coming up um and I, katie i feel like we talked about this but i can't remember you guys are located near me and bryce right or i'm not tripping i could be losing. no i wish we are in Seattle. florida yeah, that's right that's right, that's right. Yeah. i was just near you guys that's right i was in orlando um, I was like, I, I was like, I was like, I was just near them or they're you near me. You were just near us. Yeah, yep. were. you were. You came and enjoyed that weekend thoroughly, I'm sure. It was a fantastic weekend. Lots of rain. It's a good time though. Um, <laughs> but no, I will leave this, like I said, last like four-ish minutes for you guys just to kind of sign off and um, exactly who you are, where to follow you, things coming up, etc. I think the other thing, if I can add to the, the relationship part, is a huge turning point for me was... I mean, of course, personal training is, again, it's my calling. It's the only thing, almost the only thing I've ever done. I'm 35. I got trained. I got certified when I was 17. I've had one other job, but that's it. Um, as soon as I met Katie, she was it. That's why I was put on this earth, to be the world's greatest wife and human for her, to do her, all of it. So when I have nights where I'm working till eight, I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing this for if the the woman that I love more than anything in the entire world is alone in the kitchen while I'm alone in the office. What was the point the whole time? So as soon as I reframe this, right, I don't want to wait till I'm 40 or wait till a certain number in my bank account to be able to spoil the crap out of her, both in terms of my time, my energy and my money. I want to do that now because that's why I've been working so hard. So it was just it was just a total 180 where as soon as, again, the woman that I'm working so hard for says, can you put your phone away? Instead of saying, let me answer one more email. No, like the woman in the phone isn't who I'm focusing on. It's it's this one. Um, so yeah, keep your priorities straight, right? Family, fitness, business, whatever else. Um, in terms of where they can follow us, I'm at J-A-I-M-9-1 on Instagram. I'm at underscore Katie Filer, F-I-L-E-R. 
And then if you guys, is there like a YouTube channel and stuff like that at all? Or I don't know if you guys have we any. Do. We usually, we do have more around prep because we feel like everybody loves to see the prep, right? Nobody yeah. wants to see the off season. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to follow, it's Jamie Fi- Jamie and Katie Filer on YouTube. Or just, I think it's J91. Yeah, on YouTube. I try to keep it consistent. We'll, um, we'll type most of them up for the actual podcast as well. So we'll have them in the, uh, the caption. Um, but sure. I figure for anyone who's just like listening to it as well, yeah. and also go ahead and note you guys and, and follow you guys uh, on your yeah. journey because it is a really cool one. And I'm happy that you guys show it because it is one of those ones where every time I see it, I always end up kind of surfing a little bit and just seeing because like, I don't know if Jamie told or sorry, if Katie told you, Jamie, but Katie and I had a conversation a while back and initially she and I were going to work together. And then I encouraged her to work with Ty and that's gone what I believe well, hopefully. Um, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things where like, after I got to kind of see a bit from the far, I'm like, oh gosh, like, it just seems so bad. I wish she was working with me. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's, it's fine. She's in, a, she's in a great place and I know it. Shit. Um, but no, I am just really happy to have you a part of the team and obviously really just thoroughly elated to be able to have you both today and meet Jamie and hear a bit about you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This is, this is really fun. Yeah. It's always fun to share. And please come back to Florida. Let us know slightly in advance. Maybe. Definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, hopefully when the humidity leaves, uh, we'll definitely be back. <laughs> but uh, we will definitely let you know next time we're um, we're all back down there and stuff like that. But hopefully we get to do this again uh, when Bryce is not sick. So we'll, I'll definitely keep you guys posted. But other than that, I'll let you go. Thank you again. And hopefully we'll talk soon. Thanks, Thanks so much, Chris. All right, guys. See you later.